excited to continue our labels series today. I'm excited about this. I believe God wants us to know who we are in Christ. And so I'm going to read from uh, my text today, which is in 1 Samuel, and you can follow along on the screen, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And uh, I want to talk today about David, about a man after God's own heart, a man who didn't end up subjected to the labels of this world, but instead wore the label that God had for him. So I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you. Apparently in the first service, I said heifer. I've now been told it's heifer. So there you go, if you didn't know, just like me, heifer, which is apparently a cow that hasn't had a baby. So there we are, we learn something every day. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? See how afraid they are of Samuel, of this man of God, of the resident authority on his life. He had such an amazing impact on this nation. Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and he thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But Samuel said, neither is this one that the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all of Jesse's seven sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then Samuel said, are these all the sons that you have? He's quite puzzled at the moment. Uh, there is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Well, send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, just like Johnny. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought 
and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. So here we start with this text today. And we see that Saul had been anointed king by Samuel. Saul had been anointed as the king, and he had everything going for him. Saul was tall, he was good looking, Saul was well known. Saul had all the right labels. On the outside, when Samuel anointed him, he's like, yep, that's great, he's gonna make a great king. But the problem with Saul is that Saul was only falsely living up to the labels of others. And he hadn't really formed an identity on the inside of strength and character. See, he had the right labels on him, but he didn't have the right identity in him. It doesn't matter what labels we're wearing. It matters what's happening on the inside of us. And the challenge is that God said he's making a mess of the kingship because he's not right on the inside. Saul made a total hash of it. He made so many mistakes and he let the people down. He let God down. And so God's like, I've had enough. This guy can no longer be king. And he goes to Samuel. God goes to Samuel and he says, go to Jesse and anoint one of his sons to become the king. That's it. It's time for a new king. So Samuel gets there. He gets to anoint Jesse's sons at the sacrifice. Seven of them are purified and ready to go at the sacrifice. He gets there and he sees Jesse's sons and he's like, great, good choice, God. He sees Eliab and he's like, yep, Saul 2.0. Eliab is tall, Eliab is handsome, Eliab has all the right labels. Samuel's like, great, we got ourselves a new king. And there they are, standing there, and Samuel looks at Eliab and the Bible says he thinks, surely this is the Lord's anointed. He's looking at the labels. He's looking at the labels. And Samuel's like, yep, we got our guy. But God responds to Samuel and says, no. No, this is not your guy. God says that the labels of people don't make a king. He says, people judge by outward appearance the labels, but God looks at the heart. We're also busy looking at the outside, and God is wanting us to look on the inside to our true identity. See, God's not looking for celebrities with the right labels, but for heroes who have the right identity. It's when we have the right identity that we are able to fulfill what God is wanting of us. You know, God decides if he's gonna pick a new king, it needs to be someone whose identity is founded on him. You know, so many of us, that's what we're actually looking for is the labels. We're cruising through life and we want the labels. We wanna be gorgeous and good looking and we want people to look at us with respect. We want to be successful. We want to be prosperous. We want to have it all, have it all together. We want people to look at us and go, yep, they've got the right labels. But the truth is in a society where it's, everything is about the labels, God's saying, I don't care. I don't care about your labels. In fact, he's had quite enough of the labels. He's looking for a group of people that wouldn't form their identity from their labels. See, Colossians 3.3 says, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And we need to find our identity in Christ. And that's the key to live securely, 
That's the key to live confidently. Because we can't live secure and confident when the labels are a false construct on the outside of who we are. That's not gonna give us the security that we need. And so instead of that, we need to find our real identity looking beyond the labels. So I wanna talk today about how we find our real identity, how we can form this identity in Christ. So the first thing today is this. Our identity is not defined by what happens to us. It's not defined by what happens to us. See, David had a lot of bad stuff that happened to him. David's sent off out to the fields. He's rejected by his family. They don't want him around. (laughs) They wanna hide him away. They don't want anybody to know that he even exists. They want him out of sight. He is uninvited. Maybe you've felt like that at times, that you're the uninvited one, that you're the rejected one, that you're the one that nobody wants in their circle. David is despised by his family. He's not invited. You know, Jesse has brought his sons, his seven sons, but the eighth one, David, he doesn't want to acknowledge. Why is that? Well, a lot of people think that David was perhaps the product of an affair, that all the other seven sons were from one mother, but David was from another mother. The Bible talks a lot about his contrasting appearance to his brothers. And in fact, probably he was a constant reminder to Jesse of a mistake and a failure in his own life. And so he didn't want him around. So David has all of this going against him. He has this rejection. None of the family want him around. There he is being stuck out there, neglected, perhaps the result of this affair. There is not a sense that he's worthy or of value. And yet the one that people don't pick gets picked by God. In our lives, we might not feel like we're worthy or of value, but we might not have been picked by people, but we are picked by God. Each and every one of us have been picked, chosen, called, purposed. He loves each and every one of us. There is not a reject, there is not an outcast, there is not a mistake. Each and every one of us have been picked by God. What was incredible about David is that what happened to him didn't impact what was happening inside him. See, his identity wasn't being formed by the things that people were doing to him. Why was that? Because he was a worshiper. Because he was a worshiper. Because he got close to God. And as he got close to God, he was transformed. It didn't impact who he was, the treatment of others, because he saw the way that God treated him. You know, even when people treat us badly, we're not who people say we are. We need to know that deep on the inside. But you know, we're gonna have things that happen to us that are bad. We're gonna have things that happen that will try to shape us, will try to make us into something that we're not meant to be. But we won't be defined by what happens to us, but we will be defined by what happens in us. How do we react to what happens to us? That's the choice that we have. That's what will form our identity. You know, when we've been abused, neglected, rejected, just like David was, we have to make a choice that it won't determine what's happening on the inside. That even though we've suffered those things, we will forgive, we will love, we will worship, and we will let Christ tell us who we are, and not those events, and not those people. David was mistreated, but he didn't let the labels that they tried to put on him form his identity. The second thing this morning is this. 
Our identity can't be based on comparison. You know, David is amazing in that he's the youngest. I don't know what it is about the youngest child, but they do tend to compare with their older siblings. You know, teachers compare you, parents compare you. Sorry to every youngest sibling. It's a tough life. David was the youngest of eight. He had a lot of reason to compare himself to his brothers. The Bible says he goes out to the war zone where all of the army are gathered to fight against Goliath. The Israelites are fighting the Philistines. And there David goes, he trots out with his bread and his cheese, and he sees Eliab there, and Eliab looks like a great mighty man of war. Eliab tall and handsome. Eliab looks like a hero, but he's not. David doesn't stop and compare himself with Eliab. You know, the rest of the Israelite army were not fighting Goliath. Do you know the reason why? They were comparing themselves to Goliath. And as they compared themselves to Goliath, they lost their confidence, they lost their competence, and they became filled with doubts. They didn't think they could face the giant, not because of who they were, but because of what they were comparing themselves to. You see, David didn't subscribe to that. He didn't base his identity on comparisons. If he had, he wouldn't have fought Goliath, because surely there were 100,000 men there that were far more qualified than a little shepherd boy with some bread and cheese. See, we won't do what God wants us to do if we stop to compare. See, they had become on pause, but David was a man of action. And when we're a people of action, it's because we're not stopping to compare. We're just getting on with what we are meant to do. David wasn't paralyzed by fear like the rest of the army were. David saw who he was in Christ. He's like, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear because God was with me. It's not because of me, but it's because of God in me. You know, sometimes people look at that confidence and think it's arrogance. His brother's like, you're so arrogant. But David had a confidence that was founded on his identity in Christ, not on the labels that people had tried to place on him. You know, in our world right now, we're just so connected. We understand the, the bane of our age, social media. I mean, I don't think we can go a message without talking about it just about. But why? Because it's an insidious evil. Why? Because it causes us to compare ourselves. We have more access to what people are doing, to what people have, to the things that they're doing without us than we ever have before. We have more to compare with, more information than we've ever had before. And so we do, don't we? I mean, it's easy to say don't compare, but in reality, it's a lot harder to do it. It's not easy to look at someone who's the same age as you and go, well, on the world stage and the world standards, they're a lot further along in life than I am. They've bought a house, they've got a baby, I'm still single. Or conversely, I'm single and getting to travel the world and look at them, they're stuck at home. Well, nobody's traveling the world right now, right? But that was what you used to do. <laughs> but those comparisons are not good. The Bible says those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Why? Because it'll rob us of our action. It'll rob us of our purpose. You know, we need to get out there and do what God is calling us to do without stopping and comparing with other people. The Bible teaches us that we don't get to feel better by looking at someone else. Because that's what comparison can do. It makes us feel better. Oh, I'm doing really well. <laughs> They're not doing so well. So I feel better. 
Or, and the Bible says we can't feel worse about ourselves because, oh gosh, they're so amazing and I'm such a failure. The Bible says, no, you don't get to feel better and you don't get to feel worse by looking at other people. In fact, you know, the truth is we don't get judged at the end of the age when we stand before Christ. We don't get judged comparatively. We get judged individually. So it's all about what God has given us, what we did with what he gave us, what he, we did with our talents, our wealth, our resources, our life, our time, our service, our abilities, our gifts. It's not about what anybody else did with what God gave them, it's about what we did. And so we gotta stay in our lane. We gotta run our race. We gotta beat our body, make it fit for the prize, the prize of Christ. My friends, we cannot compare. Doesn't matter about anybody else, run your race. David ran his race, and that was why he could take down a giant, because he didn't compare himself to somebody else. He was able to do what nobody else thought he could do, and what nobody else could do. You're gonna do things that nobody else can do. You're gonna change the world. You've got so much potential on the inside of you. You've been gifted uniquely by God to do something that nobody else can do. So just remember, you're not gonna be judged comparatively. You're gonna be judged individually. The third thing this today is our identity can't be based on the projections of other people. Doesn't that happen? People project on us things. People put their labels on us. But David doesn't let people do that. He doesn't let anyone but God do that. You know, he had so many people telling him he's just a kid. He goes out to the battlefield to fight Goliath and his brothers are like, you're just a boy. He's a man of war. They're comparing, they're putting a label, you're not capable, you're too young. You haven't got what it takes. You're really gonna fail. They were projecting onto him their opinion of him. And people do that to us. They saw him as a kid, but David didn't let their projection get on him. He didn't let it stick to him. He's like, yeah, I know I'm a boy, but I've taken down the bear. I've taken down the lion. I know that God is with me. I know that God is mighty. I know who my God is, so I know who I am. And I know what God can do through me. I'm not gonna be told that I'm just a boy. I know that I'm a mighty man of faith. And some of us, we gotta get that happening on the inside, that the projections of what other people are telling us don't determine how we see ourselves. You know, even Goliath, when David steps out on the battlefield, Goliath tries to project on David that he's nothing. The Bible says that Goliath sneers at him. <laughs> Who are you? you? Do you think I'm a dog? That you're coming at me with a stick? <laughs> he just mocks him. He ridicules David. He's projecting to David, you're nothing. He's projecting to him, I'm gonna take you out in a heartbeat. He's projecting to him, I've already seen that you're a failure. I've already seen that you can't do what you think you can do. But Goliath is wrong. See, David says to Goliath, he looks at this giant and he says to him, you come at me with spear and sword and javelin. You come at me with your labels, but I come at you in the name of the Lord Jesus and I'm gonna take you down. See, sometimes we've gotta understand, people might be projecting their labels, but we got the Lord on the inside of us. 
And when the Spirit of Christ is on the inside, we're defined so differently from the outside. Not only did David have people try to pull him down, he also had people label him with flattery. And some people will distort your identity, not just negatively, but with flattery. People were telling David, hey, why don't you kill Saul and become the king? Because you're a king, David. You're going to be a king. Just get it happening right now. We're with you, David. We believe in you. But you know what? He didn't listen to their flattery. He didn't listen to their label because he understood that it wasn't on him to make something that wasn't his happen. He wasn't going to move into an identity that God had not given him yet. And we can't let the flattery or the negativity of others label us or tell us who we are or who we should be. Not their labels that mocked nor their flattery could change David's mind. You know, people might have tried to tell you who you are. Don't listen to them. You know, because what people say shouldn't frame our identity. You know, the truth is that sometimes, unwittingly, we give people's words a weight that they were never intended to have. You know, I, I want to ask you, have you said something carelessly or thoughtlessly that you didn't really mean? We all have. So why do we take the things that people say and give them a weight they weren't meant to have? We let these things get into our hearts, but we can't let what other people say determine who we are. We instead need to let the voice of God give value to who we are. So those are the things that we shouldn't base our identity on. Comparison, the labels of others. I wanna talk now about what should we base our identity on. How are we gonna find out who we are in Christ? How do we come to know who God has made us to be? I wanna to read to you from Psalm 139, which teaches us our true identity. Verse one, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm gonna say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I wanna tell us all something today. David wrote that. David wrote that psalm. Take a moment to consider the way he was treated. Take a moment to consider his conception. Take a moment to consider the neglect and the rejection. And take a moment to understand how he came to find his true identity. When he had been led to hate his conception, when he had been led to despise the day of his birth, 
Instead, he says, God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You formed me, you shaped me, you knew me. Before a single day came to pass, God, you've written it and ordained it. I'm meant to be. I'm chosen. I'm accepted. I'm loved. He knew who he was because he had a revelation from heaven. And this revelation is there for us to shape our understanding as well. See, David's identity, whilst it should have been full of rejection, was instead full of acceptance. It was instead full of security. Instead of being just shaken by everything that came his way, he was so secure in God's love. And why was that? Because he was a worshiper, because he was a lover of God's presence, because he took time to come close to God. He got so close to God that he could know the thoughts that God thought about him. You see, God is thinking about us all the time. God never stops thinking about us. That blows my mind. But we understand that David got so close to the thoughts that God thought about him that they became his understanding of his identity. He wasn't shaped by the labels, the external factors of what happened to him. He was internally shaped by becoming close to God. And I want to tell us today that the closer we are to God, the closer we are to who we're really meant to be. The closer we get to God, the closer we are to our real self, not our fake self, not our projected self, but the closer we get to God, the closer we are to who we really are meant to be. You know, God knows everything about us and loves us perfectly. You know, uh, I want to tell you that when I was 17 years old, I read this psalm over and over. And this psalm was something that shaped my identity. I remember doubting who I was. I remember being worried and fearful. I remember struggling through how I was going to find some confidence. Believe it or not, I used to literally do my speeches at school and I would be shaking like a leaf. I, it's only God that I stand here today. I'm serious. I would literally, my piece of paper, I could barely read it. It was like <laughs> I was so fearful, so nervous. And I would read the psalm and it reassured me. It shaped me. It helped me with my doubts about who I was meant to be. The psalm told me I was enough. And I want to tell us all today, you're actually enough. You might not have the label that the world thinks is important or enough, but God says you are enough. You're my workmanship. You're enough. You know, uh, when I was four years old, I stayed at a vicarage. My parents are not church leaders. They're amazing Christian people. And uh, they'd left us this one night at this vicarage. And as we were being put to sleep, I was about four, uh, the vicar's wife came into the room and she said, I just pray some bedtime prayers with you and me and my sister. And as she prayed, the presence of God came in the room. And I'll never forget it. It was just like this moment. And as she was praying for us, I had this inner knowing, I'm going to be like this lady one day. That was just it. But the truth is that as I was close to God's presence, I got closer to who I was really meant to be. And something of my identity was formed in that moment. I want to tell you, I didn't remember that till I was 17. And I was praying, and then I suddenly had that memory. I was like, wow, God, when we're in His presence, who we're really meant to be starts to become clear. 
the direction our life is meant to go in starts to become clear. We're not meant to be self-made. We're meant to be God-led, spirit-led. None of us are called to forge our identity. We're called to surrender and find what Christ has said to us. You know, sometimes we can't find ourselves just simply because we haven't found Christ. You know, the world is seeking to find themselves. <laughs> Come on, we just need to find Christ. And when we find him, we'll know who we're truly meant to be. The fifth thing today is we base our identity on a God who shaped us. You created my inmost being. You knit me together. The Bible says that you're a master design. You're a perfected pattern. There are no mistakes. There are no rejects. He doesn't need to unpick it and change the pattern. When he did it the first time, he did it exactly how he wanted you to be. He planned it. He prepared what you were gonna do and who you are. The Bible says you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which Christ has prepared in advance for you to do. You see, you're his workmanship, or another word is masterpiece. You're original. Masterpieces are not replicas. Masterpieces are not copies. Masterpieces are originals. Masterpieces are what is worthy of value. The original artwork, remember, is always worth more than the replica. My friends, God's saying, you're my original artwork. You're not a copy of anyone else. In fact, I deliberately created you with your own pattern. I cr created you deliberately because I have things that only you can do because you are Christ's workmanship because Jesus has got works prepared in advance for you to do. He created you to do things no one else is created to do. You're here in this time on the earth, in this generation, because there is something that He has for you to do, the good works that He prepared in advance. You see, my friends, when we get close to God, we understand our identity is tied to our destiny. Our identity is tied to our destiny. You have good works prepared for you. There is something that only you can do. Your identity is perfectly formed for your purpose. You are perfectly formed for the purpose that God planned in advance. Every day of your life was written before one came to pass. My friends, we've got to get rid of the labels that'll stop us living according to our real life that's hidden in Christ. Don't let the labels hold us back. They limit us. David could have been limited by the labels. You're just a boy. He could have thought, yeah, I'm just a boy. Someone else can fight Goliath. But he didn't get limited. In fact, his destiny was achieved because he didn't let the labels tell him who he was. Oh, come on. You're gonna fulfill the purpose that Christ has for you. The Bible says about David, David served God's purpose in his own generation. I love that verse so much I can't tell you. I wish that would be what people say when I die. Not that I did great things or people knew me, but that I served God's purpose in my generation. That's what we're here to do. We're not here for ourselves. We're not here to look good. We're here to do good. We're here to do good works. We're here to make a difference in our generation, in our time, in our moment. You are perfectly designed for your purpose. You know, when we find what we're born to do and we do it, we're truly alive. Isn't that the thing? 
that God wants us free from the projections and the labels so we can actually just have that freedom to do what He's wanting us to do. You know, David was free to be who God wanted him to be. But you know what he had to do? He had to come in from the field to receive his identity. They all waited around the brothers. They had to stand and wait on the kid that was rejected. I think it's interesting that God made them wait for David. They had despised him, forgotten him, neglected him. God's like, yep, he's my guy. And you're gonna have to stand and wait because you can no longer neglect, forget, reject who I'm gonna anoint and appoint, who I'm gonna call, who I'm gonna make a king. Because he is gonna be your future king so you can stand and wait for his arrival. And David had to come in from the field. It didn't matter what he had done or what he would do. It mattered what he would receive. For each and every one of us, the labels on us of what we've done, what we've achieved, what we are able to do, the accolades, the degrees, the things that we've accumulated, our possessions, our life, how people see us, how we look. It's all but a fleeting shadow, all of that stuff. What matters is what we receive from heaven. What matters is the eternal purpose that burns within us. What matters is the anointing that we receive. And some of us, we've got to let go of the labels that have bound us up and limited us and let God's love wash over us. Let Him tell us who we are. Let Him speak into our spirit and say, yeah, you're my workmanship. You're my masterpiece. I've chosen you and no one else can do what you can do.